0: The Lord is with you, so put that at the top of your notes because I'm ready to dive in and you have your Bibles open to Judges chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to read that here in just a second. So a lot of times we feel alone in our spiritual battle. You're just feeling alone. Maybe maybe you feel spiritually, you just feel kind of lethargic, like you're just getting through the day and uh, possibly you feel like you're just ill-equipped for... The battles. I mean, you might feel ill-equipped for what's coming up this week. You don't know what's what's going to happen. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Well, if so, this message is for you, and uh, and I'm I'm excited to get started with this this message and. And I, in fact, have, a, have built a series around this. This whole series is, is about this whole concept of occupying, to occupy, occupy. If you've been around here the past few weeks, you've heard me say that word a lot. In fact, uh, uh, a few months ago, w- when I was in the early stages of, of putting this together, and usually I, I start kind of working on sermons months in advance, because I really want to make sure this is what God is saying, and, and I say about half the sermon ideas I have, I, I shelf them, because it's like, no, I don't know if that's what God's really saying us right now, but I started working on this back last November, and I, and I asked our elders to chime in on it too, so they sent me a lot of ideas and notes, and, and I said, what is God speaking to you through this passage of Scripture? And, uh, and so a lot of, they, they've actually had a lot of input into this series of messages that I'm doing, but it's based on that term, Occupy. In fact, I've called this whole series, The Occupy Spirit. The Occupy Spirit is the name of the series. Uh, it's, it's really based upon this, this one little section of a verse in the King James Version of the Bible, and it's Luke nineteen thirteen, and it says this, Occupy till I come. In fact, that's our theme scripture for the year. Occupy till I come. Now, to occupy till I come, that's basically this. It means we're... Jesus says to serve and take action and 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 do this until he returns. You see, right now we're in a, in a time period in this world known as the church age. And that is the time from between the day of Pentecost when the church was launched up until the time that Jesus returns before the tribulation. So that is the church age. And Jesus says, you are to occupy until I come. Uh, and so I, I began studying that word occupy, and it means... The the actual the the definition it has nothing to do with like hold your own or just take up space, but it means to be occupied with or focused upon doing something specific. It means to carry on a business. It means to work. So I put together for us a working definition of occupy, which is part of our theme for this year. And and here it is. Our working definition is this do business and grow the investment God gave you. Work until Jesus returns. And, and the scriptures make it really clear that there are eternal rewards for us when we occupy. So, my question is are, are you willing to do this? Uh, you, you know, in this world, there are some basic things that we just have to do, right? There's some basic things that we have to do. We have to earn a living. We have to make earn a living. That's, that's a good thing. We have to take care of our health and take care of our families. And, and those things are important to God, and they're important to you. And there's, there are lots of, there's lots of emphasis on that and resources on that, and that's wonderful, and that's fine, and that's good. I'm not going to invest a lot of time into that because the rest of the culture talks about that. But there's so much more to life on this earth than just that. Uh, those things are important to God, they're important to us, but there's so, so, so much more. And the scriptures tell us also, and I want you to understand this, when it comes to rewards, there is nothing in the scriptures that say you will be rewarded based upon those things in eternity. Now sure you can have Jesus Christ in your life and you're going to go to heaven but there are there's no reward in eternity for like what position you held in this life. There's no reward in eternity regarding how much how many friends you had. There's nothing rewarded for you in eternity regarding how great of a fashion statement you made or how good your Instagram looked. There's nothing in heaven about you you're not going to get a reward based upon your body measurements in heaven. I, that's just really that's just just the truth all right you will be rewarded according to the degree that you occupied during this life i mean how did you and to what degree did you do business for god and grow the investment that god has given you how to what degree did you work until jesus returned so, you know, God wants you to be successful in this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. But He wants you to have a great reward in eternity. And I care about that. I want you to hear that message, and I want to challenge you with that. So that's what this series of messages called the Occupy Spirit is all about. And uh, and during this series, we're going to be focus uh, focusing upon one man, one individual, and his name is Gideon. So you're going to get to know him really, really well over the next few weeks. Uh, Gideon lived in very, uh, very troubled times. It was, it was these were dark times. Uh, these were times that were much worse than any of us have experienced and you'll see that when we get into the scriptures but the truth is I mean we also live in troubled times and you know that I mean I just was reading yesterday that the United States federal government has asked for families of uh that are that are in Ukraine with the uh embassy there to get to get out and that's you know, that's a that's terrible I've, I've been over there I've done missions work over there and that, that just hurts my heart to see what might be coming uh to to Ukraine and, uh, you know, we live in troubled times, sickness and disease. Right now, it's at 7% inflation. It's the highest it's been in 40 years. So if you're, if you're like, younger than 40 years, you don't even know <laughs> about, about that. Uh, I have vague memories of the last time it was, it was like this. But uh, we live in troubled times, uh, even, even when it comes to the church. Uh, I, I was looking at some of these statistics this last week that over the past two years, as, well, actually, as of right now, 38% of pastors are considering stepping away from full-time ministry altogether. 38%. Do you hear that? That's, that's serious. Church attendance from two years ago right now has dropped by 20 to 60%. There's a significant drop, and there aren't even numbers put together yet on this, but a significant drop in the number of young adults who have even the desire to prepare for full-time ministry. Um, And and on top of that, families and friends and churches have been fragmented over political perspectives. So how in the world are we supposed to occupy (laughs) when all this stuff is going on, when everything feels so dreary and frustrating you asked me that question just now, didn't you? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you the answer. I'm really glad you asked that question because I'm going to answer that for you in this message. So here's what we're going to do to get this started off with. I need everyone in this room to stand. I'm not going to make you do anything too weird, uh, but, but just stand all across here. Stand all across the room. Come on. Stand up on your feet, on your feet, and, and I'm just going to have you repeat one thing after me. I, uh, all right? Actually, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to have you repeat it. Uh, how am I going to do this? I really didn't think this through. I thought about you getting on your feet. I didn't really think this through exactly how this was going to work. This was great in my mind last night, and I don't even know. <laughs> you, ever, you ever had that? It's like, yeah, this is a great idea, and then you start to do it. It's like, what am I doing? That's how I feel right now. But, but let's, it's okay to be real and raw, but I want to speak this over you, and I want you to receive this, and here it is. Occupy, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. And now I want you to say, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say amen. amen. Now, well, come on, I'm going to say it again. If you're, uh, if you're watching online, you've got to say amen, too. Don't just think it. Say it. I know somebody else might be in the room and they're going to go, oh, no, what are they saying amen Too? That's weird. No, it's not. Just, just receive this. Because when you say amen, what you're saying is, so be it the lord's will yes so be it so here's what i want to say i'm going to speak it over you again get ready to give me a loud amen at the end of this occupy mighty warrior the lord is with you amen have a seat men and women of god look out well today again i'm going to introduce you to gideon gideon was the greatest of the judges of israel now talk a little bit about the judges of Israel because there's a lot of misunderstanding about that of the judges there were 15 judges there were 14 men there was one woman judge which shows that women <laughs> the bible does not push down women okay there was one woman judge there were 14 male judges and uh, and this this they 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 served over a time of time span of about 450 years, so it was a long period of time. And this was during a time in Israel when Israel had no king. And so God would raise up these judges at various times to deal with what was going on around them. Now, a lot of times when we think of judges, we think of like, Judge Whitley over here at the uh, commissioner's court or you think of a judge who's over here at the, uh, at, you know, at the courthouse and his, who's, is hearing a case or you might think of, of the Supreme Court judges or something like that. Well, the judges that are in this book called judges and that's where you can read about all of them during this 450-year time period, they were very different than that. They're, they were called a judge because God had ordained them and god had empowered them to judge another nation that was harming israel so i, I have this definition for a judge and i want to put it up here on the screens and here it is is a judge is a temporary political and military leader all right a temporary political and military leader Used by God to deliver his people from foreign tyranny. I'll say it again. A judge is a temporary political and military leader used by God to deliver his people from foreign tyranny. Now, that's what a judge is. So that's what the judges are. That's what all of them are in that book of Judges. It makes for some fantastic reading. I encourage you, if you've never read the book of Judges, read through it during this season. You'll be you'll, you'll really be amazed to see what God did in a nation that didn't even have an official government set up, that he didn't even have a king set up in the land. Uh, but Gideon, who was... Considered to be the greatest of all the judges, he was actually a very timid person. You're going to find out that he was the least in his, uh, in his family. His tribe was the least in Israel, and he was basically a hardworking farmer. This man had no political experience. He had no military experience, nothing. Now, let's look at Judges chapter 6, verse 1. Let's take a look at the condition that was happening there in Israel. Judges 6, verse 1, the story of Gideon begins here. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. That was a neighboring nation. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, and that's a key word, just heavy oppression, and there are parallels here. The Bible says that everything in the Old Testament is types and shadows of New Testament Christianity. And so you see that word oppressive. So there can, if you're under oppression, this message is for you, okay? Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves and strongholds so they were literally becoming cavemen and cave women hiding out Uh, they had to learn how to be survival experts and that's the way that life was during that time here's why it says whenever the israelites planted their crops the midianites amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country they camped on the land and ruined the crop's All the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. And that's kind of a picture of if any of you have studied history, that's a picture of like what happened in Cuba during their communist revolution. When the when the communists rose up, they began destroying crops and they destroyed animals. In fact, there's a l- severe lack of, of livestock even in Cuba to this day because they just simply killed the animals. They they burned up the fields and they just they there was destruction all around. Now remember this. John ten ten gives us clarity here. It says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Which which is Satan's job description. You want to know when where Satan is at work? Wherever you see theft, death and destruction, then you will know that the enemy Hell is at work. And hell was at work against the children of Israel during this time here. So it says they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. And it was impossible to count them or their camels. And they invaded the land to ravage it. So they brought this economic disaster upon Israel. And it, it, it was a famine. It was a famine not caused by weather or disease, but it was by demonically inspired oppressors. And again, maybe some of you have a demonically inspired oppressor or oppressors that are coming against you. this message is for you. All right? Now verse six, we see the turning point. Take a look at this. It says, "Midian was Midian uh, was so so impoverished, the Israelites, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help." So that's the turning point, OK? Hear me well, if you're stuck. One of the things you need to do is cry out to the Lord for help. Crying out to the Lord for help is not like this. Oh God, I could use some help right now. Okay, I'll move on with life. Now that's not crying out for help. Crying out for help is just is getting on your face before God and maybe weeping and crying and fasting and praying and seeking God. God, I'm serious about this. I need you, and I'm not going to give up until you break through. That's crying out to God. And you know what? It is time that the church begins to cry out for God, for your families, your homes, your businesses, and for, for the things around you because the enemy will try to destroy. So when you see economic destruction, when you see all those things happening, you cry out to the Lord, all right? Now, there's an answer there. So we move on to the next verse. It says, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. So this is an unnamed prophet. This is not Gideon. The prophet who said this is what the lord the god of israel says i brought you up out of egypt out of the land of slavery i rescued you from the hand of the egyptians and i delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors i drove them out before you and gave you their land in other words what god is saying here is is I did huge miracles for you in the past. I did these wonderful things for you. And that's one of the things I encourage you to, to know as well is God has done wonderful things for you. Huge, awesome, fantastic things. And maybe you haven't seen it in your life, but I'm telling you, God has done it. And we, when you go to the scriptures, you read about the miracles that God has done. Always reflect on the miracles God has done in the past because that gives you faith for today, okay? <laughs> and then look, because God gave them a the command. It says, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened, key word, listened to me. Now, hold your place there because we're going to come back to this passage in just a second. So the problem was identified. That word listened. Now, I I, I dove into that. Well, what does that mean? What does that word mean? I want to get a little bit deeper here. It doesn't just mean like hearing a noise. It means You're listening and obeying. So it's two things. You're listening and you're obeying. You're listening and you're obeying. So you you take it, you drink it in, and then you take action on it. So when God speaks, you listen and obey. But, But listening and obeying doesn't come natural. It it really doesn't. See, there's this old nature that really fights against that. And and uh, and and in fact, I believe that an unregenerated person, if you if you've not been serving God, you can't even listen to the voice of God. You can feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but you can't really listen and obey the voice of God. So so listening to God's voice really, it, it's something that we have to cultivate. It's something that we have to learn. And and the the, the big challenge with this is in today's culture, there are so many voices screaming for your attention and and they they want your attention. They want your affection. These other voices want your worship. They want everything from you. They want your resources. They want your family. They want your time. All these other voices are demanding you. These voices are saying listen and obey. Listen and obey. And when you just think about the most simple thing, a commercial they'll do anything they can do to get your attention so you will not only hear and see it, but you will listen and obey and buy the product to see how that works. But God is saying, I'm talking, and I want you to listen and obey. But, but, But the voice of God tends to be a still, small voice it tends to be very quiet and very still. that's why we have to still and quiet ourselves before the lord in fact we even prayed before the service began if you were here uh, early you heard us praying that that god, that our hearts would be open so we would receive and hear god's word and then we could act on it in fact did you know that the blessings of god god's blessings are contingent upon you listening and obeying god I tell you, a lot of people want the blessings of God. I think we all do, right? I mean, we don't want the cursings of God; we want the blessings of God. But the blessings of God come when we listen and obey to God, obey God's voice. Now, if you want to have some fun, you need to read the book. You need to have the, I was going to say the book of Deuteronomy. I don't know if the book of Deuteronomy would be fun. It's fun for me, but uh, but I. I want you to read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Just put that in your notes. That's something that I encourage you to read. I just want to read to you a a brief little passage out of that. But it talks about blessings and curses. But but I want to read to you verses 1 and 2. Look at this. It says, if you fully obey. Now, I want you to keep those first four words in mind. If you fully obey. If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully follow all his commands i give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Okay. Now, understand here, this is what Israel had quit doing. Uh, and this is what we <laughs> must do. But it says, if you fully obey. Now, I ask you to, to hone in on those words. I went to the Hebrew on this, and here's, what it's, here's the literal Hebrew translation. It is, if listening, you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. If listening, you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. And, and, uh, and so we listen, and then it says, and you take action on that. So this whole thing of listening and taking action all works together. That's how you get the blessings. In fact, if you look down in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, you're gonna see just the opposite of that. You're gonna say, now, if you don't listen, if you don't obey the the, the the words of the Lord God, then all these curses are going to be on you. And you get to choose. Do you want to listen and obey or not listen and not obey? You get blessings or curses. It is so simple. It is laid out there in plain English for you. And, but, but see, Israel was experiencing the curses of God. But hear me well, God, they, they brought it upon themselves they, because they were not listening to and obeying the voice of God. Now, how does that resonate with your life personally? I can't answer that but the Holy Spirit will give you insight as you, as you listen to this today. Now, another scripture that I found here, Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, says this. It says, when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices. Because a lot of people think, oh, they're just the commands. You've got to do this, got to do that. But I gave them this command. Here's what God's saying. Obey me. And I will be, the, be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you that it may go well with you. So that obey me, going back and looking at that, it is, it is it's all, all the way back to this thing of listen and obey, listen and obey. In fact, it's implied that the sacrifices, they are really preceded by listening to God and obeying God or else the sacrifices really aren't any good, and I would say that this passage right here is probably the most succinct statement in the Bible of what it means to be the people of God. So listen, get this get this in your hearts, listening to and obeying the voice of God is most important in the life of a believer. Hear me? Listening to and obeying the voice of God is most important in the life, of, I mean, it's, it's critical, it's foundational. Now I know some of you, you have a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of Bible background, you say, yeah, but Pastor Tim, that's Old Testament. And the Old Testament, you know, we got to be careful about that. Well, I agree. And your accent was strange, but I I agree. But we look over in the book of John. John is New Testament. John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So it's the same principle. You listen, and you obey. And if you love Jesus, you're going to do this. If you belong to Jesus, you're going to do this. Now, again, Israel was not doing that. And the question is to you, are you listening to and obeying God's voice? Just throwing it out there. Okay, now back to Judges chapter 6. Okay, God God has stated the problem. Uh, The people were still crying out for help, and when you cry out for help, God's going to respond. So he explained to them why. Now look at verse 11. He says, It says, now the angel of the Lord, it's a change of settings here, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah. Please understand that has nothing to do with a celebrity by the name of Oprah. Some of you got it really excited. She's in the Bible. No, she's not, all right. You know, you just got to make these things clear, okay? So do not say, man, my pastor talked about the oak that Oprah planted. No, I didn't, okay? This is the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Uzbezrite. Okay, now here it is, where his son Gideon, here's where his name begins, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So, so here this angel of the Lord appears, Catch this, and whenever you see in the Old Testament the angel of the Lord, that's, that's called a theophany, which is a fancy word of saying it was an appearance of Jesus before his incarnation. So he came as the angel of the Lord. So in other words, God himself shows up on the scene right there with Gideon. Now that's a powerful moment. I haven't had that yet happen to me, but that, that, that's quite incredible. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. In some of your versions of the Bible, it might say, you might see this where it says man of valor. I like that, those terms together, mighty warrior, man of valor. But, but keep in mind, he is there threshing wheat in a wine press. In other words, like hiding hiding so the Midianites can't see him, and while he's hiding, and he's doing his little secret stuff, and he's all shy and worried about the enemy, God shows up on the scene and says, hey, I want you to let, I want to let you know, I am with you, the Lord is with you, and by the way, you are a mighty warrior, you are a man of valor, I love it. And he was in this place of darkness and fear and despair. I mean, Gideon was obviously depressed and the Israelites were under oppression. But in the middle of all that chaos, God showed up because God's people were crying out to him. And in God's love and in God's mercy, God spoke over him and said, You are a mighty warrior. You are a man of valor. God gave him a brand new identity. You see, his identity had to change. Gideon had to stop identifying with the loss and the tragedy and the oppression and you do too. You gotta stop looking at all that has happened and saying that that has defined you because it hasn't defined you unless you let it See, God is saying to him, you are gonna come through this and you're gonna come through this in victory. But he had to renew his mind to align it with the things of God and what God just declared over him. And that's what God is declaring over us, I believe. And, and, and so it's true for you as well. So, so now's the time to make changes. Now's the time. I believe if you're gonna... Uh, transition into the strategies of promotion that god has for you you need to start seeing yourself the way god sees you your identity in him your identity for him and him alone begin seeing what god sees Uh, that, that word valor is the hebrew term chayil and that means the glory of God. It means the wealth and the resources of God. So basically, what Gideon's ears would have heard when God spoke this is God was saying, hey, you mighty man of valor, you mighty warrior, you are a man of great resources and you are a carrier of the glory of God. If you're feeling like you're not carrying the glory of God right now, and all you can do is identify with the chaos and the stress and the difficulties and the strife. I'm saying now is the time to listen to the voice of God and obey it because something will shift if you do that because you are a carrier of the glory of God. Now, I know you might say, I don't know about that. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you know what happens to you? The Holy Spirit moves in. You are now the temple. You are a walking temple of God. Everywhere you go, God is with you. Everywhere you go, the Spirit of God is with you the glory of God and you can have more you can have greater and greater and greater measure of that I love it Uh, verse 13 come on let's get back to this (laughs) I I like how 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 wonderfully respectful Gideon is Uh, pardon me my lord you like that Uh, pardon me my lord uh but if the Lord is with us why has this happened to us now hold on God didn't say us he, he, he didn't say us, he said you. Things are about to change for the us, but it's going to change through a you. Look, he says, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian And some of you might be in that same place. You're like, God, where are your miracles? Where is your power? Maybe you're feeling oppressed and you feel beat down and you're questioning God in the middle of your trials and your testing. It's like, where are those miracles? They've happened in the past and they'll happen again. You just, what you have to do is be encouraged, rejoice in God in the middle of that. God is up to something new and you just need to receive it. Look at verse 14. The Lord turned to, to him and said, he, he didn't even try to answer all those questions. And he let him ask. He didn't rebuke him for those questions. He's like, God, where is, where are the miracles? The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? In other words, he says, I'm gonna work a miracle through you. Now, what does Gideon do? He gets all polite again. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? Now, look at this. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Now, keep in mind, the Lord didn't say that he was going to wipe out the Midianites from the, with the strength of the Lord. You see that? He didn't say that. He said, it's going, you're going to have to go in your, your strength. Some of you, you're just waiting for some supernatural strength from God, and God does that sometimes. But other times, God's saying, you know what, you just need to get your, get your, I was going to say, get your rear out there, and I'll just go ahead and say, get your rear out there and start making something happen. Yeah. Come on. Take take a few steps. Start moving on your own. Yeah. You know, and Gabriel, he's, I mean, uh, uh, Gideon started listing these very, viable and real reasons why he's the wrong choice for all of this. He was said that his, his, first of all, Manasseh, you have to understand Manasseh as a tribe was the, the smallest and the weakest of all the tribes of Israel. They were considered to be the least. And now he's saying his family is the weakest. The translation of that is actually the poorest. The weakest slash poorest family in all of the tribe of Manasseh. What, what was a tribe? You could, but good way to say it. It's kind of like a state. And so he's like, "But but this, my whole family, my clan, we are the weakest. We're the poorest in all of Manasseh." And then he goes on to say, and I am the least in my family, which probably meant he was the last kid to be born. He's going to have the lowest inheritance. He's supposed to have the worst job. In his, He's barely going to make it through life. That's the way it was in that time. So weakest tribe, weakest family, weakest one in the family. How low can you go? <laughs> That's where he was. Sounds kind of like your excuses. I'm just too young. I'm just too old, you know. Well, I have a physical handicap. I... I can't, can't do that. I, I, don't, I don't have enough money. Oh, pastor, you don't understand my work schedule. It is crazy. Oh, pastor, if you only knew who I was married to, then you'd understand the problems here. Or how about this one? I tried that before, but it didn't work out. Or maybe just the worst of them all. I'm such a loser. Whew. Think about this, and I've said this before. If you talk to others the way you talk about yourself that nobody hears, my goodness, you nobody would want to be around you. The negative self-talk has to stop. Look at verse 16. I'm saying it has to stop. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down the, all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So what sets apart the less than normal and unlikely man? What's that similar part? This is it. This is key. Gideon listened to the voice of God, the word of God. He listened to the word of God, the voice of God. and he had a willingness to obey. I mean, So, so the reason he did that is because he went ahead and accepted this new identity. I'm just going to have this new identity, and I'll go ahead and tell you. the rest of the story is amazing. You need to read it. But <clears throat> he simply believed God really is with me. what about you? Are you willing? And are you able? Scripture tells us this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse verse 5. It says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Moses declared this over his people, which I received this declaration as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, he says, be strong and full of courage Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Who's them? It's everything around you. It's everyone around you. It's all the stuff that's coming after you. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. How do I take action on this? You know what? You just start taking some steps. Simple things. Simple things. Just get yourself integrated into the body of Christ. I mean, come to the City Life 101 next week. Uh, come to the Culture uh, Streets thing on, on Tuesday night and, 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 and dive in. I mean, be, be water baptized. There, there's something about... We're going to do that here in a few minutes, come to think of it. But... <laughs> water baptism is this thing of saying I used to live an old way and now I live a new way and I'm going to get all wet and my hair is going to look funny and my clothes are going to look funny in front of everybody, but I don't care because I'm a man of God, I'm a woman of God, and I am, I am moving forward because of the glory of God is on me and there, there is a line of separation that happens in people's lives when they're baptized in water. If you've never been meaningfully baptized, you need to be. You need to be. So what is God saying? God is saying this. Occupy, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. And what do you say? Come on, I'll say it again. Occupy, you mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. Come on. Occupy, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. I want us to pray right now. Let's pray. Lock yourself in with God right now. I want you to listen and obey the voice of God. God help us to tune out the other voices that are demanding to control us and consume us. God, I pray that you will give us supernatural strength and wisdom and vision. God, we want to be ready to take action. We want to be ready to move when you say move. God, we want to be so in tune with your voice that we're going to hear and we're going to respond. And God, we choose today in this room to see ourselves the way you see us. We choose today to do what you say and to occupy. We choose today to be mighty warriors, men and women of valor, knowing that you are with us. We thank you, God, that we're not alone in this battle, and we are choosing today to step up. We are choosing today to step up in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.